Today is June 16th. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer, and I am so glad that you're here. I'm blessed, honored, and grateful to be able to share this sacred space with you each day. We are here reading through the Bible in a year, and it has been an amazing journey so far every day. We discover something new and wonderful in God's Word. And once again, today is no different. Now, in the Old Testament, we're going to see how various kings of Israel and Judah rise and fall. Remember, we've been divided into two kingdoms now, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. We are also going to meet Elijah, the prophet Elijah, for the first time. And he's going to perform some miracles and confront some evil, and it's It's going to be interesting. We're also going to meet Ahab today. We probably are more familiar with his wife, Jezebel. Now, in the New Testament, we're going to see how God empowers Peter and John to stand up for their faith and how Cornelius, a Roman soldier, becomes the first Gentile to join the church. We're also going to see how Peter explains how God showed him that the gospel is for everyone. Then over in Psalms, we're going to see the psalmist thanking God for saving him from his enemies and how we can rejoice that God is on our side. And then in Proverbs, Proverbs is going to tell us that pleasant words are good for our soul and body and how we should use our words wisely and kindly. Are y'all ready to dive into this word with me? Let's go. First Kings chapter 15, verse 25 through chapter 17, verse 24. Christian Standard Bible. Israel's King Nadab. Nadab, son of Jeroboam, became king over Israel in the second year of Judah's king Asa. He reigned over Israel two years. Nadab did what was evil in the Lord's sight and walked in the ways of his father and the sin he had caused Israel to commit. Then Baasha, son of Ahijah of the house of Issachar, conspired against Nadab, and Baasha struck him down at Gibbethon of the Philistines, while Nadab and all Israel were besieging Gibbethon. In the third year of Judah's king Asa, Baasha killed Nadab and reigned in his place. When Baasha became king, he struck down the entire house of Jeroboam. He did not leave Jeroboam any survivors, but destroyed his family according to the word of the Lord he had spoken through his servant Ahijah the Shilonite. This was because Jeroboam had angered the Lord God of Israel by the sins he had committed and had caused Israel to commit. The rest of the events of Nadab's reign, along with all his accomplishments, are written in the historical record of Israel's kings. There was war between Asa and King Baasha of Israel throughout their reigns. Israel's King Baasha In the third year of Judah's king Asa, Baasha, son of Ahijah, became king over all Israel, and he reigned in Tirzah twenty-four years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight and walked in the ways of Jeroboam and the sin he had caused Israel to commit. Now the word of the Lord came to Jehu, son of Hanani, against Baasha. Because I raised you up from the dust and made you ruler over my people Israel, but you have walked in the ways of Jeroboam and have caused my people Israel to sin, angering me with their sins, take note. I will eradicate Baasha and his house, and I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, son of Nebat. Anyone who belongs to Baasha and dies in the city, the dogs will eat. 
and anyone who is his and dies in the field, the birds will eat. The rest of the events of Baasha's reign, along with all his accomplishments and might, are written in the historical record of Israel's kings. Baasha rested with his ancestors and was buried in Tirzah. His son, Elah, became king in his place. But through the prophet Jehu, son of Hanani, the word of the Lord also had come against Baasha and against his house because of all the evil he had done in the Lord's sight. His actions angered the Lord, and Baasha's house became like the house of Jeroboam, because he had struck it down. Israel's King Elah In the twenty-sixth year of Judah's king Asa, Elah, son of Baasha, became king over Israel, and he reigned in Tirzah two years. His servant, Zimri, commander of half his chariots, conspired against him while Elah was in Tirzah getting drunk in the house of Arza, who was in charge of the household at Tirzah. In the 27th year of Judah's king Asa, Zimri went in and struck Elah down, killing him. Then Zimri became king in his place. When he became king, as soon as he was seated on his throne, Zimri struck down the entire house of Baasha. He did not leave a single male, including his kinsmen and his friends. So Zimri destroyed the entire house of Baasha, according to the word of the Lord he had spoken against Baasha through the prophet Jehu. This happened because of all the sins of Baasha and those of his son Elah, which they committed and caused Israel to commit, angering the Lord God of Israel with their worthless idols. The rest of the events of Elah's reign, along with all his accomplishments, are written in the historical record of Israel's kings. Israel's King Zimri In the twenty-seventh year of Judah's king Asa, Zimri became king for seven days in Tirzah. Now the troops were encamped against Gibbethon of the Philistines. When these troops heard that Zimri had not only conspired but had also struck down the king, then all Israel made Omri, the army commander, king over Israel that very day in the camp. Omri, along with all Israel, marched up from Gibbethon and besieged Tirzah. When Zimri saw that the city was captured, he entered the citadel of the royal palace and burned it down over himself. He died because of the sin he committed by doing what was evil in the Lord's sight and by walking in the ways of Jeroboam and the sin he caused Israel to commit. The rest of the events of Zimri's reign, along with the conspiracy that he instigated, are written in the historical record of Israel's kings. At that time, the people of Israel were divided. Half the people followed Tibni, son of Ganath, to make him king, and half followed Amri. However, the people who followed Amri proved stronger than those who followed Tibni, son of Ganath. So Tibni died, and Amri became king. Israel's King Amri In the thirty-first year of Judah's king Asa, Amri became king over Israel, and he reigned twelve years. He reigned six years in Tirzah, then he bought the hill of Samaria from Shemer for 150 pounds of silver, and he built up the hill. He named the city he built Samaria based on the name of Shemer, the owner of the hill. Amri did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He did more evil than all who were before him. 
He walked in all the ways of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, in every respect, and continued in his sins that he caused Israel to commit, angering the Lord God of Israel with their worthless idols. The rest of the events of Omri's reign, along with his accomplishments and the might he exercised, are written in the historical record of Israel's kings. Omri rested with his ancestors and was buried in Samaria. His son Ahab became king in his place. Israel's King Ahab Ahab, son of Omri, became king over Israel in the 38th year of Judah's king Asa. Ahab, son of Omri, reigned over Israel in Samaria 22 years. But Ahab, son of Omri, did what was evil in the Lord's sight more than all who were before him. Then, as if following the sin of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, were not enough, he married Jezebel, the daughter of Ephbaal, king of the Sidonians, and then proceeded to serve Baal and bow in worship to him. He set up an altar for Baal in the temple of Baal that he built in Samaria. Ahab also made an Asherah pole. Ahab did more to anger the Lord God of Israel than all the kings of Israel who were before him. During his reign, Hiel the Bethelite built Jericho. At the cost of Abiram, his firstborn, he laid its foundation, and at the cost of Segub, his youngest, he finished its gates, according to the word of the Lord he had spoken through Joshua, son of Nun. Elijah announces famine. Now Elijah the Tishbite from the Gilead settlers said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, in whose presence I stand, there will be no dew or rain during these years except by my command. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Leave here, turn eastward, and hide at the Wadi Sharif, where it enters the Jordan. You are to drink from the Wadi. I have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. So he proceeded to do what the Lord commanded. Elijah left and lived at the Wadi Sharif, where it enters the Jordan. The ravens kept bringing him bread and meat in the morning and in the evening, and he would drink from the Wadi. After a while, the Wadi dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Elijah and the Widow Then the word of the Lord came to him, Get up, go to Zarephath that belongs to Sidon and stay there. Look, I have commanded a woman who was a widow to provide for you there. So Elisha got up and went to Zarephath. When he arrived at the city gate, there was a widow gathering wood. Elijah called to her and said, Please bring me a little water and a cup and let me drink. As she went to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. But she said, As the Lord your God lives, I don't have anything baked. Only a handful of flour in the jar and a bit of oil in the jug. Just now I am gathering a couple of sticks in order to go prepare it for myself and my son so we can eat it and die. Then Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid, go and do as you have said, but first make me a small loaf from it and bring it out to me. Afterward you may make some for yourself and your son, for this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The flour jar will not become empty and the oil jug will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the surface of the land. So she proceeded to do according to the word of Elijah. Then the woman, Elijah, and her household ate for many days. The flour jar did not become empty and the oil jug did not run dry according to the word of the Lord he had spoken through Elijah.
the widow's son raised. After this, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. His illness got worse until he stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, Man of God, what do you have against me? Have you come to call attention to my iniquity so that my son is put to death? But Elijah said to her, Give me your son. So he took him from her arms, brought him up to the upstairs room where he was staying, and laid him on his own bed. Then he cried out to the Lord and said, Lord my God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow I am staying with by killing her son? Then he stretched himself out over the boy three times. He cried out to the Lord and said, Lord my God, please let this boy's life come into him again. So the Lord listened to Elijah and the boy's life came into him again and he lived. Then Elijah took the boy, brought him down from the upstairs room into the house, and gave him to his mother. Elijah said, Look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, Now I know you are a man of God, and the Lord's word from your mouth is true. Acts chapter 10 verses 24 through 48 The following day he entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him, fell at his feet, and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up and said, Stand up! I myself am also a man. While talking with him, he went in and found a large gathering of people. Peter said to them, you know it's forbidden for a Jewish man to associate with or visit a foreigner, but God has shown me that I must not call any person impure or unclean. That's why I came without any objection when I was sent for. So may I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius replied, Four days ago at this hour, at three in the afternoon, I was praying in my house. Just then, a man in dazzling clothing stood before me and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your acts of charity have been remembered in God's sight. Therefore, send someone to Joppa and invite Simon here, who is also named Peter. He is lodging in Simon the Tanner's house by the sea. So I immediately sent for you, and it was good of you to come. So now we are all in the presence of God to hear everything you have been commanded by the Lord. Good news for Gentiles. Peter began to speak. Now I truly understand that God doesn't show favoritism, but in every nation the person who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. He sent the message to the Israelites proclaiming the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. You know the events that took place throughout all Judea beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John preached? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power? And how he went about doing good and healing all who were under the tyranny of the devil because God was with him. We ourselves are witnesses of everything he did in both the Judean country and in Jerusalem, and yet they killed him by hanging him on a tree. God raised up this man on the third day and caused him to be seen, not by all the people, but by us whom God appointed as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. 
all the prophets testify about him that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. Gentile conversion and baptism. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came down on all those who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and declaring the greatness of God. Then Peter responded, Can anyone withhold water and prevent these people from being baptized, who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? He commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to stay for a few days. Psalm 134 Call to Evening Worship, a Song of Ascents Now bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand in the Lord's house at night. Lift up your hands in the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord, maker of heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. Proverbs 17 verses 9 through 11. Whoever conceals an offense promotes love, but whoever gossips about it separates friends. A rebuke cuts into a perceptive person more than a hundred lashes into a fool. An evil person desires only rebellion. A cruel messenger will be sent against him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We come to you once again today with humble and sincere hearts. Lord, we thank you for your love and your grace that sustain us each and every day. Lord, we thank you for your power and your authority that rule over all things. We thank you for your promises and your faithfulness that never, ever fails. Lord, we need you now more than ever. We need your guidance and your wisdom and the decisions that we have to make. We need your protection and your provision and the challenges that we have to face. Lord, we need your healing and your restoration in the areas where we are broken and we need your your touch. Lord, we need your peace and your joy in the midst of our adversity and our trouble. Lord, we surrender We surrender it all to you. We surrender everything. We give you our fears and our worries, Lord. We give you our doubts and our insecurities, our sins and our struggles. Lord, we also give you our hopes, our aspirations and our dreams. We ask you to take control of our lives and to align them with your will and your purpose and plans for us. Lord, we ask you to fill us with your Holy Spirit again and to empower us to live for your glory. Lord, we trust you. With all of our hearts, we believe that you are able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to your power that is at work within us. Lord, we believe that you are working all things together for our good according to your plan that is perfect and good, Lord, because we feel like we are called to you, Lord. We know that we have been called out and chosen for a specific purpose. Lord, help us to fulfill it. Help us to realize that purpose. We believe that you are with us always, even until the end of the age. Lord, we praise you with everything that is within us. You are worthy of all honor and glory and praise. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. You are the great I am, the God who is, who was, and is to come. And Lord, we just thank you for it. We honor you, extol you, and magnify you. Lord, you are so good. You're so good, and we are so grateful. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And our affirmation for today, 
I trust in God's timing for my life, knowing that everything unfolds perfectly for my highest good. I trust in God's timing for my life, knowing that everything unfolds perfectly for my highest good. And our aphorism, the real purpose of our existence is not to make a living, but to make a life, a worthy, well-rounded, useful life. That is all I have for you today. Thank you for being on this extraordinary odyssey with me. You belong here and we belong together on this journey. I love you. And if God says the same, I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you.